So if you're able to sit down and say, how are we relevant to our customers? What value do we bring to our customers? And how do we differentiate ourselves from our competitors? I think across those three streams, you will then create something that's quite unique for your brand. Welcome to MarCast, the Marketing Mag podcast series. Today is part two of Dave's chat with Rick Navarro, newly appointed VP of Marketing and Business Development at Nucleus Network and winner of the Australian Marketing Institute's CPM of the Year Award for 2019. Today, Dave and Rick try to define marketing and explore how a great value proposition should define its role at your organisation. Rick, I... I know your interest in marketing extends well beyond just Nucleus Network and just the job you're doing day to day. I know that we've talked about your career in journalism. I know that you are very interested in marketing principles. You've been published extensively on a host of topics in relation to marketing. I'd love to talk about a few of those. Let's start at the start. Mm -hmm. What is marketing? (laughs) Wow. How long have we got? You know what? You should go into a room of C-suite executives and ask that question. You'll probably get a a fairly nice rounded answer from me or from other marketing professionals, but I think the question is better posed to to those who are not in marketing. Oh, you're the guys with the crayons in the corner. (laughs) You're you're the feel-good team or you do the fluffy stuff. So hopefully we've moved beyond that, but unfortunately we still get some of those descriptions. Marketing to me, and I touched on it earlier, is about communication. Ultimately, it's about effective communication. So I think there's a saying which I'm borrowing, which is something along the lines of, you know, not all communication is marketing, but all marketing is communication. So this idea that at the end of the day, we are trying to reach an audience, we are trying to sell a product, but I think it's about how we go about that. That's the that's the key to marketing. So now we have all these great tools at our disposal. We have great market research capabilities. We have good team specialists at our disposal. So as the CMO, you're sort of marshalling all of these different parts and orchestrating them into a delivery system that's going to ultimately deliver brand growth to the organisation. So that to me fundamentally encapsulates what marketing is. Marketing today, you've got to be obsessed about your customer. Uh, without that customer focus and lens, uh, you're going to struggle and you're going to struggle against your competitor set and you're, gonna f- you're probably going to end up in a situation where you're looking to quickly instill short-term measures to gain traction. So, and by that I mean without that customer lens, you're, you're pretty much relying on gut, you're relying on uh, what's worked before, you're relying on intel that, that may be you know, part of your colleagues or some of your colleagues are imparting. I think that customer obsession is fundamentally, you know, that um, North Star, that compass, which is going to lead you to success. Two things strike me. The, the first is, have we done a bad job as a marketing industry that we these crayon jokes still get made? Because you're right, that they're always said with a with a laugh at the end. They're never said harshly. It's all... No. But it does, as we know, this the humour reflects some underlying beliefs of, of yep. the people that say it. So clearly there is a, a significant perception of the business community that still don't yet 
see the value to the extent that we'd like them to. Is that inevitable and we just forget about it and move on? Or do we need as, as a marketing industry to do a better job and to work harder at that? Yeah, that's a really good point. I, for me, there's two things. I think you can take a look at an organisation and see how seriously they take marketing to see if there's a senior executive on the executive or leadership team. That will quickly tell you about their appreciation or understanding of marketing to the success of the brand. And I think secondly is we are getting better, most definitely getting better. So the Australian Marketing Institute is pioneering and has done a heap of work over the last five years in particular around recognition through the Certified Practicing Marketer uh, accreditation. So much like a CPA for accountants or a CPNG for engineers, the CPM is really starting to build this reputation around a certified practicing marketer. So I think that in itself is a great testament to the fact that the industry has recognized it and started to instill, you know, CPD points, continuous learning. We are ultimately at the forefront of a lot of technology decisions now in organizations. So those senior, same senior executives who just a few years ago were talking about the colored crayons are now handing over seven figures to to invest in marketing technologies or other sorts of MarTech solutions. So we have come a long way in a few years. Yes, there's work to be done, but I think there's a great undercurrent of activity that's happening both within the industry as a self-regulator, but also that pressure to perform for the marketing team and the senior marketing leaders. That has accelerated our own learnings and our own lessons in, in becoming more I suppose, fiscally focused, if I can put it that way. Yep. Traditionally, marketing may have seen as just delivering the brochures, etc. Now we are at the forefront of a lot of CapEx decisions. We are involved in a lot of budgeting decisions. We are involved in brand growth, ultimately. Yep. That's where we're seeing a lot of uh, CMOs and CFOs interacting or the head of digital and IT working with the CMO. So there's a lot of that higher-end C-suite interaction now and the CMO if it's a brand that recognises the strength of marketing, will be will have a seat at the table. Sounds like if you if you are a marketer, then there's a, a pretty important job to do when selecting the organisation for which you're going to work to be looking at some of those yes. signs and making sure that you're you're sending investing your career and your energy mm. in an organisation that values the the skill yes. and the craft of what we deliver. Yeah, yeah, spot on. And, and they were some of the I suppose stress tests uh, I applied when approached for this role at Nucleus. So, you know, does it actually have, does the role have teeth? Does it sit on the exec team? What sort of budget, you know, what sort of propensity and appetite do you have to invest in the marketing team? So really fantastic CEO and leadership team that I've joined and they have a vision to empower the CMO or as I'm called, the vice president of marketing and business development, which obviously has a strong US flavor. Yeah. So, that in itself was a, was a clear indicator that, yep, this team gets it. This team understands that the head of marketing needs to play a key role in the growth of our brand. The other thing that I'd love to discuss a little after, from your definition of marketing and the, and the customer centricity aspect of it, the connection with the customer, the, the storytelling is, are we better at this than we were 15 years ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago? Are brands on the right track? Are we, are we getting better at it? Are we, are we more as brands connected with our audience now than we were at the start of your career or mine? I think so. Yeah, definitely. I, I believe that marketers have had probably the steepest learning curve of most of the functional roles within an organisation. 
literally going from the curators of brochures to to leading massive, you know, seven-figure campaigns and technology decisions and actually being at the forefront of brand development. So I think there's been a huge and, – and look, to be quite honest, there's there's been a tsunami of MarTech solutions that we've had to deal with as senior marketers as well. So there's this ongoing focus on uh, the customer, marketing solutions, brand purpose, you know, customer obsession, all of this playing into – funneling right down into, you know, the head of marketing and what sits within their bucket and people within the senior leadership team looking to that person to steer the ship or help them steer the ship in that regard. So we have come a long way. We're still learning. There's parts of, I think, parts of the marketing machine that still need a bit of fine tuning. But there's a lot of really talented marketers out there who are doing phenomenal work in really unpacking what how their brand is relating to customers. So when you talk about how have we come when it comes to that relationship with customers, we're a lot better. There's also heaps of examples where brands have really uh, failed their customers, but I think they tend to get highlighted because, if anything, they're in the minority. I think we, when we look at the success of marketing over the last 10, 15, 20 years, the, the marketer, the senior marketer and the marketing team have really grown in terms of their skill set. They've grown in terms of their appreciation of the customer and customer first led. And I think that's a key for, for today's marketing talent to really continue to focus on being led by the customer. And if I wanted to Google a few companies and get some inspiration and some examples of who do you think's doing it well? Are there any brands that pop to mind that, that sort of stand out? Some of the listeners may disagree with me, but I think Qantas has done an outstanding job over the last few years, if I look at a, an Australian success story, in terms of taking what was a pretty moribund brand uh, not so long ago and a CEO who copped a lot of flack along the journey, but also a big believer himself in the power of brand and marketing and, and really empowering his marketing team to go forth and be customer-led, be customer-focused. I think my assumption would be that previously they were a brand that thought, well, we have the reputation and customers will come to us regardless. So like it or lump it, they are now much more customer focused. So if you do use them and use their app, you can see how much they've come along in terms of being tailored towards the end user and customer. So their user experience model is greatly improved. And I, I like to talk about Qantas because it's a relatable brand and product. Those of us who travel might use Qantas or, or Jetstar, for example. So I think it's clear to see, and yes, there'll be instances where there's flight delays, et cetera, but sure. you're talking about an industry that there are many things out of their control, but the things they can control, they've done really well. And key to that has been the push of the CEO and the senior executive team to really focus on the customer. At the end of the day, their understanding, so Alan Joyce's understanding that the customer is going to lead us to success. If we listen to them, if we respond, if we implement measures that are customer-focused, we will have a great brand, and that's what they've achieved. I also think it's a great example because it's a it's an industry and a product that hasn't really largely been disrupted. It's the essential putting people on planes mm. is essentially the same function they were delivering fifty years ago. So yeah. it's an example of a of, an, of a business and a brand that has been able to reinvent itself despite something. It's easy to say, oh, you can reinvent yourself if you're totally new category or if you're 
work if, if, you're, if your industry and product is totally transformed. But yeah. they haven't had that opportunity. They've had to do it purely through the, a marketing-driven lens rather than a product or an industry. There's, there hasn't been that, any significant external factors to help them on that journey. No, you're right. And I think it's been led pretty much by user experience design. So understanding how they can better interact with their passengers, uh, their customers, and then create a, a great experience for them. So those who are, say, lounge members or Qantas Club members, how they reward those members with, a, um, I suppose, an experience when they are waiting for their next flight that is a memorable one or is one that is going to provide them, you know, the right tools and, and comfort level for, for their flight and departure. And I know it sort of flows into, a, into my next question, which is customer value, the customer value proposition, the uh, unique customer value proposition. I, I know you've, you've written on everyone, everyone in marketing would talk about it, yeah. that they have a customer value proposition. I know yeah. you, you've, you've written on the, dis, the difference and, and the importance of having something that's unique as opposed to just saying, well, this is our customer yeah. value proposition. Do you want to tell us a little yeah. bit about that? Well, I think we can, there's a lot of vanilla statements about we provide value, we do X, Y, Z for our customers and we are leading this and we are global leaders in that. I think ultimately if you meet three criteria, which I believe are relevancy, value and differentiation, I think those three key factors need to be unpacked within any value proposition that you might want to put forward as your as your brand value proposition. So those, to me, those those three are key in terms of being a relatable brand and actually delivering a, a unique selling proposition or value proposition that is tailored to your audience. So if you're able to sit down and say, how are we relevant to our customers? What value do we bring to our customers? And how do we differentiate ourselves from our competitors? I think across those three streams, you'll then create something that's quite unique for your brand. Now, you talked earlier about um, the work the Australian Marketing Institute have done and the CPM and the and the value of that generally. You, you didn't bring this up, but you are you have been awarded the Australian Marketing Institute CPM Marketer of the Year. Yep. My question is why? <laughs> You'd have to ask them, but I'd say if I was to if I was to look at the judging notes, I, I may see something around taking a holistic look at marketing. What does that mean? It probably means everything we've just discussed now. So everything from brand purpose through to technology integration through to delivering value to the bottom line. Ultimately, marketers want to be doing that. They're accountable for doing that. But a good marketer will always want to hold themselves to account to contribute to the bottom line. And I think that's where, you know, the CPM values that. So that, I suppose that accolade is, you know, I'm very humbled by that. But I think it's also contribution back to the industry as well. So wherever I can, I'll, um, you know, mentor younger marketers. I'll work with marketing colleagues to, uh, I suppose, unpack ideas about what we might be able to do with certain, articulate certain solutions to certain products. So I think all of that coming together to say, well, this is what a CPM ideally looks like for this year. So yeah, it was very honoured to receive that. Well, congratulations. And I've got so much value out of the chat today. If I if I wanted to understand more about your views, obviously marketing with purpose, which is Rick Navarro, your book, yep. um, would be a great place to start. Yep. What could I expect if I do, dived into that book? What are the sort of key threads that you you explore and unpack? Well, you're not going to get a technical overview of what marketing is. <sighs> what I've tried to do within the book is is guide the reader at any level of marketing on a journey through what I believe describing what is marketing. 
articulating the importance of brand purpose. We've just touched on value proposition development, forgetting the unicorn and building a diverse team. And also I talk about digital being a merger of left and right brain so that it that need to think about technology integration in both a creative and analytical sense. So I think bringing that together is key. So a lot of themes that I think are relevant for today's marketers, and that's how I've approached the, uh, the narrative within the book. And I hear some people actually enjoy reading it. I look forward to reading it. Rick Navarro, thank you so much for your generous insight and your time today. Thank you, David. It's been a pleasure. Thanks again to Rick Navarro for giving up his time to appear on MarCast. If you liked it, don't forget to rate and follow our podcast and tell your friends. Chat to you next time.